I want to ask if you would stand with me this morning. Get your Bibles out, get your iPads out, get your phones out. Whatever you carry the Word of God on, because the Word of God is awesome. Can I get another amen? If you're following along on version, you're welcome to do that this time. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 16. This is the second week of 321 Eternity Series, and the title of today's message is Dead End. Somebody say Dead End. Starting in verse 19, the Bible reads this. There was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was left at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table. But instead, the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day, the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot. Neither can those from there cross over to us. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them so they won't also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. But he told them, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded as someone rises from the dead. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you've allowed us to be in your presence. And God, we thank you for the, the challenge of your word. We thank you that we have access to your word. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins so that we can have eternal life in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us. Lord, I ask that over the next few minutes that you would literally captivate our heart and our minds. Speak directly to us and help us to be obedient. Help us to surrender to your word and to your spirit. Touch every heart and every life. Let us leave differently than the way that we walked in today. For your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You will see behind me a screen with numbers that are rolling. And this clock has been rolling ever since 1030 when service began. This number represents the amount of people that have died since we've been in service today. Every second that goes by, people are stepping in to eternity. Why does hell exist? Even though the Bible has much to say about hell, the doctrine is still ridiculed by many. The idea of hell is usually attacked along three lines of thought. One, rationalism. The rationalist says there is no God, therefore there can be no hell. Charles Darwin said this, referring to hell, this is a damnable doctrine. But I say, church, let God be true and every man a liar. The second thought is ridicule. Those who ridicule the doctrine of hell say there may be a God, but it is silly to speculate about millions of disembodied spirits frying in a lake of fire somewhere. Or they say this is the 21st century. Wake up. Robert Ingersoll, a famous atheist of the early part of the 20th century, said, 
The idea of hell was born of revenge and brutality on the other side and cowardness on the other. I have no respect for any man who preaches it. I dislike the doctrine. I hate it. I despise it. I defy this doctrine. But church, I say, let God be true and every man a liar. The third thought is this, religion. The religionist says there is a God, but he is a God of love. And therefore, he would not or could not send anyone to hell. This is the position of all the cults and the liberals. But I say, let God be true and every man a liar. Christian science says hell is an error of the mortal mind. Jehovah's Witnesses say the wicked will be annihilated. Mormonism say all will eventually be saved and will not suffer eternal punishment. Seventh-day Adventist says God will someday blot out all sin and sinners and establish a clean universe once again. The lost will burn up like a broom sage field. And again, church, I say, let God be true and every man a liar. You see, hell exists for two reasons. One, hell exists for God to deal righteously with Satan. Depart from me, he says in Matthew 25, 41. You are, who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And secondly, hell exists for God to deal righteously with the unbelievers. Second Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9 says, taking revengeance with flaming fire on those who don't know God and on those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction from the Lord's presence and from his glorious strength. And on that reading of that scripture, I want to take you to my first point this morning, if you're taking notes. Number one, hell is hell. Hell is hell. Now in this passage, we are confronted with two main people, the rich man and Lazarus. The story of these men is a story of contrast. There's a contrast in their lives. One is rich and the other poor. There's a contrast in the manner of their deaths, According to James 2.26, death takes place when the spirit leaves the body. But death is not the end. It is the beginning of a whole new existence in another world. For the Christian, death means to be present with the Lord, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 1-8 and Philippians 1 and 21. For the unbeliever, death means to be away from God's presence and in torment. For the unbeliever, death means to be away from God's presence and in torment. There's also a a contrast in their destinations, one in hell and one in paradise. Something about eternity, church, that counters everything in this life as we know it. We leave behind everything that we have obtained on earth and step into a realm of everything we have earned while on earth. If you do not decide to follow Christ, you will leave a world of sickness and enter a place of death. If you accept Jesus... We leave a world of sickness and go to a place of healing. I wish I could find somebody today who would testify with me this morning because I'm so glad that when this good-looking earthly body is dead and my time on earth has come to an end, it's not a dead end for me. Can I get a witness today? Because I have Jesus, I get to spend an eternity in love. Because I have Jesus, I get to spend an eternity in peace, in joy, in comfort. Because I have Jesus, I get to spend an eternity in happiness, in fulfillment. Somebody help me today. I get to spend an eternity in the greatest party this world has ever seen. I get to have a brand new, spanking, glorified body with no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more cancer, no more kidney stones. 
hormones, no more depression, no more addictions, no more medication, no more arthritis, no more fear, no more death, no more sad goodbyes, all because I have Jesus. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, I've got Jesus. Somebody asked me how I know. Well, I'm so glad you asked me today. John chapter 14 and verse 3 says this. Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. And some translations say many mansions. Somebody say, I can't wait to get mine. If not, I would have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. Revelation 21.4 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. We forget about that part. And the sea no longer existed. I also saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will no longer exist because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. What a day that will be. In verses 19 through 24 of our main text today, I want to refresh your memory because it says this. There was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores was left at his gate he longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores one day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to abraham's side the rich man also died and was buried and being in torment in hell he looked up and saw abraham a long way off with lazarus at his side father abraham he called out Have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. Church, hear me when I say this. There is nothing in this world worth you going to hell over. No amount of money can fix your problems. No drug can take away your pain. No relationship other than Jesus can give you peace. And no pleasure can give you an eternal joy. There is nothing in this world worth you going to hell over. Matthew chapter 5, 29 and 30 says, If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Listen. If you have a problem with lust and struggle with pornography, for the love of God, don't go home and get a pen and start poking yourself in the eye. Please don't do that. What you need to do is repent and ask that God for, forgive you. Then go home today and get some accountability or get disconnected from the internet and get rid of your TV. Well, Pastor Justin, I can't stay connected to Facebook and my friends anymore then. Honey, I'd rather miss out on all the social hoopla than miss out on heaven. Hell is a real place and is ready to welcome you in. 
The devil hates your guts and wants to do anything and everything he can to destroy your life. Revelation 14, 10 through 11 says, He will also drink the wine of God's wrath, which is mixed full strength in the cup of his anger. He will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the sight of the holy angels and in the sight of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment will go up forever and ever. There is no rest, day or night. You ever had a day where you just had an awful day and you just want to get home to your place so that you can get away where nobody else can bother you and get alone and just say, everyone else, just leave me alone. I need a few minutes. That'll never happen in hell. It'll be hell all the time and you can never escape. Nothing in this world is worth you going there. Hell is described as Guiana, Valley of Hinnom, the place of everlasting punishment. This narrative refutes the so-called soul sleep because both the rich man and Lazarus were conscious, one enjoying comfort and the other in suffering torment. It's a solemn thing, you know, to ponder one's eternal destiny and realize the reality of divine punishment. C.S. Lewis was told about a gravestone inscription that read, Here lies an atheist, all dressed up and no place to go. Lewis quietly responded, I bet he wishes that were so. Verses 27 and 28, I read to you, it says, Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them so that it won't also come to this place of torment. And upon reading that verse, I want to take you to my second point this morning. Number two, don't make the same mistake. Clock's still ticking, isn't it? 6,500 people have now passed into eternity. The rich man was fully conscious. His eternal destiny was irrevocably fixed. He knew what he was experiencing was just. He pleaded for someone to help his loved ones know who Jesus is of all the agonies of hell. Perhaps the worst one of all is depicted by the word remember in verse 25. One of God's greatest gifts to us is to be able to remember. It can bring about so much joy and so much pleasure just to sit down and remember. I will never in my life forget the day that I was sitting in a Chipotle restaurant. Anybody ever had Chipotle? There we go. <laughs> it was just me and my son. He was a little bit younger than obviously what he is now. And, and here we are. I'm chasing him around the restaurant. It was just one of those days, you know. Loud and crazy and not one to eat, making a mess. He came up to me and he got right in my face and he, everything stopped. And I thought, what is he doing? And, and literally for about 10 seconds he did, he got right here and he was just looking at me. And he was looking all around my face. And he got in my eyes and he said, Daddy? I said, yeah. He said, you have Judah eyes. I said, what? And he said, you have Judah eyes. I said, you're right, buddy. I do. You see, he was starting to realize that he looked like his daddy. I will never forget that moment. If I could go back and push pause in that moment, I would, because I would just grab him and just hold him forever. What a great memory to be able to look at your son and, 
him look at you and say something like that. I, I will never forget all the days. And, and Jocelyn, she is, she is just an affectionate young girl. Her, her, her love language is touch and just being with you and snuggling with you. She loves to do that. And there's not a day that goes by, you can ask my wife, that she will cuddle up next to me or she'll get excited about something and she'll lean over in my ear and she'll go, Daddy, you're the best daddy in the whole world. What a great memory to be able to have that. Memory is one of the greatest gifts that you and I will ever have, but it can also be the greatest curse. If one day you decide to reject Christ and you end up in hell, you will remember all the times, all the good times, all the opportunities that you had. And whether you like it or not, one day every single person that has ever walked the face of the earth including the devil himself, will have to do one thing. Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11 says, Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider himself equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man, in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to Face death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at that name, every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, this word tells us that people in hell have the capacity to remember the events of this life. And they are forced to deal with those memories eternally. They will remember every sermon they heard and rejected. Second Peter 2, 21 says, For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it, to turn back from the holy command delivered to them. A lost person, an unbeliever, will remember when the Lord convicted their hearts and they turned a deaf ear to the pleas of the Holy Spirit. They will remember how God manifested Himself in thousands of ways to draw them unto Himself. They will remember and they will know that they had no one to blame for their situation but themselves. What will you remember when you get to hell, my lost friend? Will you remember this service? Will you remember all the saints of God who witnessed to you and prayed for you? Will you remember how you wasted your life of foolish things and condemned your own soul to hell's fire? Will you remember how good God was to you and how you spurned his great love? You will remember that this is not the end. You will not spend eternity in this place called hell. Hear what I'm saying because Revelation 20, 11 through 15 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and he who sat on it from those from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in these books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Friend, do not let this happen to you. If you have never been saved by the grace of God, you need to make that step today. If you've stepped away from your relationship with God, you need to come back and make it right today. Do 
not hold on to the foolish idea that there will be hope after death. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you die without Jesus, there is nothing waiting for you but the flames of hell. Learn from this rich man. Don't make the same mistake. Hear the voice of the Lord calling you today. It's never too late to turn to Jesus. He loves you. He cares for you. He made it so simple and easy for you to make it to heaven. Choose Jesus. Somebody shout, choose life. Amen. On that note, let me hit on my last point that I'm done this morning. You still ticking? Over 7,000 people have entered eternity since the beginning of this service today. Wow. Genesis 1, 26 lets us know that we were created in His image. Number three, you were not created for hell. You were not created for hell. You were created in His image. And God doesn't make mistakes. Can I get an amen? He created you with a purpose according to Jeremiah 29, 11. But He also created us with our own minds to have a free choice. You see, accept Jesus equals life. Reject Jesus equals death. So what does eternity look like for you? For an unbeliever, this is the dead end. But for the believer, this is the end of death. For an unbeliever, this is the end of the road. But for the believer, this is the road to the beginning. For an unbeliever, this is the beginning of pain. But for the believer, this is the end of sorrow. For an unbeliever, this is the beginning of fear. But for the believer, this is the beginning of all peace. For an unbeliever, this is the beginning of loneliness. But for the believer, this is the beginning of true joy. For an unbeliever, this is the beginning of destruction. But for the believer, this is the beginning of redemption. For an unbeliever, this is the beginning of hell. But for the believer, this is the beginning of life everlasting and indescribable joy. Why would you make a decision to make your bed in hell when you can have life in Jesus Christ? Choose life. Choose Jesus. This world has nothing for you and will only destroy you. It's only in Jesus that will satisfy the void inside your life. See, people ask, how can a loving God even permit such a place as hell to exist, let alone send people there? But in asking that question, they reveal that they do not understand either the love of God or the wickedness of sin. God's love is a holy love. Not a shallow sentiment and sin is rebellion against a holy and loving God. God does not send people to hell. They send themselves there by refusing to hear his call and believe on his son. The unbelieving are named second on the list of the people who go to hell. Even before the murderers and the liars in Revelation 21.8. 7,500 people have now passed into eternity. A recent ABC News poll revealed that 70% of Americans surveyed believed in a place called heaven. However, only 56% believed in a place called hell. You see, people don't like to think about the reality of that awful place of torment, punishment, and separation. But just because they don't believe in it, that does not change the reality of it. Hell is real. Abraham gave two reasons why Lazarus could not bring the comfort that was requested the character of the rich man and the character of the eternal state. The rich man had lived for the good things of earth and experienced abundant temporary blessings. He had his reward. He had determined in his own destiny by leaving God out of his life and now neither his character nor his destiny could be changed. 
Lazarus could not leave this place of comfort and make even a brief visit to the place of torment. Then the rich man prayed for his brothers. He did not say, I'm glad my brothers will also come here. We'll have a wonderful time together. He didn't say that. Occasionally, you'll hear a lost person say something like, well, I don't mind if I go to hell. I'll have a lot of company. But there's no friendship. There's no company in hell. Hell is a place of torment and loneliness. It's not an eternal New Year's Eve party at which sinners have a good time, what they used to do on earth. Come on now, we're smarter than that. Do not be deceived. Hell is real. And there's nothing in this world worth going there. Hear the words of Charles Peace. A notorious murderer and thief in England. This is what he says. Talking about hell. He's talking to a a gentleman. He said, sir, I do not share your faith. But if I did, if I believed what you say you believed, then although England were covered with broken glass from coast to coast, I would crawl the length and breadth of it on hand and knee and think the pain worthwhile just to save a single soul from this eternal hell of which you speak. Getting close to 8,000 people. You see, we must remind ourselves, church, that the rich man was not condemned because he was rich. Nor was Lazarus saved because he was poor. Abraham was a very wealthy man. And he was not in torment in hell. The rich man trusted in his riches and did not trust in the Lord. C.S. Lewis said this, The safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Why? Because if you decide not to choose Jesus, it would have been better for you to have not to hear this message this morning. Because you'll remember it. If you're not sure where you're going to be, I'd make sure today. Because every word that's been spoken to you is going to ring in your spirit for eternity. And you'll sit there and question yourself, why didn't I just choose Jesus? 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord does not delay in His promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. 1 Timothy 2, 3-4 through 4 says, This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You are not created for hell. So why in the world would you choose to go there? Because it's a choice. It's all up to you.